They started the year 0-2. We handed the division to Jacksonville. Instead, the Tennessee Titans have rattled off four straight wins. Is it sustainable? That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Thursday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you once again. Hope everybody is having a great Thursday. We made it to the start of another NFL week. We'll get into that a little bit later. The Tennessee Titans, the focus of today's show. But got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online first. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. And at Bet Online, you're always going to find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf, head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure you use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And the Tennessee Titans, the focus of today's show, because I think they are a very interesting conversation, because there they are, sitting atop a AFC South division that has... Gone through it through the first seven weeks. And I think when we entered this season, there was an expectation of this to be the Titans and the stability of we've got the same head coach, we've got the same quarterback, we've got the same running back, we know our identity, we know who we are as a team, we have a very good running back in Derrick Henry, we run the ball, we play good defense, we ask Ryan Tannehill to not turn the ball over, he can do enough for us in the passing game, and that's how we win a lot of football games. And we're well coached with Mike Vrabel. That's the mantra of the Tennessee Titans for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we talked about him here on the show earlier this week. We've talked about him on the show in the past. A team that's been in turmoil at the quarterback position haven't had that same stability. The Jacksonville Jaguars, a team on the rise. The first year of Doug Peterson down there should reinvent some things for them offensively. They should be a lot more competitive. They're a very exciting team on the up and up. And unfortunately, the Houston Texans at the bottom of the pack, they're still rebuilding. they got to find their long-term answer, probably a coach and definitely at quarterback. So that was the state of the AFC going into the season. And through the first two weeks, I think there were some question marks of if that was the way it was going going to play out, right? We got the Tennessee Titans starting 0-2, lose to the Giants in week one. At the time, we thought that was a bad loss. The Giants, you know, turn around and, and start the year 6-1, and one, so it's not that bad of a loss. And then they lose to the Bills, get blown out. Okay, you start to worry a little bit. The Colts up and down, they can't find their way with Matt Ryan. They can't run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. Some question marks about who they are. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, they start off pretty hot. And we start to ask the question, are the Jacksonville Jaguars the favorite in the AFC South? And I think that's what I love so much about football, specifically probably in the first four weeks of the season, how we overreact, how we maybe overanalyze, how maybe we put too much stock into things. Because things have kind of righted a little bit. Houston's where we expected them to be at the bottom. Jacksonville is kind of leveled off, and they're 2-5. and five. They're in these games, and they have a chance to win them, but they're coming out on the wrong side. And Tennessee and Indianapolis find themselves at the top. The Colts just made a change at quarterback. Tennessee's rattle all four straight wins, and they feel as if the stability that I talked about at the top is what has been able to guide them. They're still running the football. They've still got Ryan Tannehill. They've still got Mike Vrabel. They're playing good on defense. That is their mantra. That is who they are. That is what is going to guide them throughout this season. And it's starting to bear out that way. Now, listen, you want to come at me and say, hey, Chris, they played the Colts twice. They were able to play the Commanders. They played the Raiders. They didn't play a who's who of teams to rattle off that four-game uh, winning streak. 
Fair enough, and I think it's a point well taken. We're going to talk to Damian Parson of the Jeff Network. Tennessee is in his region. We'll get his thoughts on why they are able to do this, what they have been able to do, uh, and if it is sustainable moving forward. And I, 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 Sustainable is, is a big word. Sustainable is a word that you need to have a definition for. For me, I look at Tennessee and I say, is it sustainable in the sense of will they be able to win a championship with this mantra, with the way that they play football? And I don't know if I can necessarily say that that's the case. And if you if you see the pause in my voice, it's because I'm trying to do two things at once. I'm trying to talk to you folks and also pull up some statistics uh, that I think are going to make my point here, or at least I want to bring them up to you so that you understand. When we look at offensive uh, yardage, when we look at how efficient this team is offensively, let's look at the, the total yardage for the Tennessee Titans. And when you look, they rank second worst in the National Football League at 274.2 yards per game. They're one of only three teams that don't have 300 yards of offense in every 300 yards of offense per average uh, average per game uh, this season. Pittsburgh, Tennessee and Carolina at the bottom of the list. Carolina the only team Tennessee is in front of. When we look at passing yards per game, again, a statistic that Tennessee's probably not going to find themselves towards the top. Ryan Tannehill, they focus on running the football. They are fourth worst only in front of the New York Giants, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Chicago Bears. Now, they've been on a bye. They've only played six games, but 165.5 passing yards per game, one of only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that pass for under 200 yards per game. And when it comes to rushing, they are in the middle of the pack, 108.7 yards per game. They do clip that 100-yard mark, which a bunch of teams are below, and they – I would consider them middle of the road in that regard. So is that sustainable? Are they going to be able to go to the Kansas Cities, the Buffaloes of the world, and have to win a game on the road with that kind of offensive output? I think you would ask a lot of questions of whether or not that is sustainable. You can see the future, though. Malik Willis, they have is the, they hope to be their long-term answer at quarterback. Traylon Burks is part of the, the future there. They got Robert Woods. They're still going to try to run the ball with Derrick Henry. So you can see how we can get to a place where this team is a little bit a little bit more dynamic on offense. But for right now, they're winning exactly how they have won in the Mike Vrabel-Ryan Tannehill era. It is the way they're going to continue to win in the Mike Vrabel-Ryan Tannehill era. But when it comes to the dance, when it comes to the postseason, I certainly think they're going to continue to come up short because I don't know if they can hang with the Chiefs, with the Bills, with those teams that are going to go up and down the field that are going to score 30 points, 28, 30 points, and you're going to have to keep pace with them for four quarters. And when the game script get at, gets out of hand, I don't know if Tennessee has the horses to be able to do that. Let's talk to Damian Parson. DP of the Draft Network, see what he has to say about the Tennessee Titans right now. DP, we, we left the Titans for dead. 0-2, the sky is falling, it's over. The Ryan Tannehill era is over in Tennessee. They, they're they not going to win the AFC South. This is Jacksonville's division. That's where we were after week two, after they lost to the Giants and then they got blown out by the Bills. That is where we stood. Well, four weeks later, here we go. The 4-2 and two Tennessee Titans. The biggest reason for the Tennessee Titans turnaround is blank, I ask you. The defense, um, you know, they, they've 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 been opportunistic, man, and, and it, it's crazy how how, how much credit I'm gonna give them because you lose your best pass rusher and Harold Landry to a torn ACL thing before the season. Bud Dupree's been banged up this this season as well, Chris. But Jeffrey Simmons, Tier Tart, and uh, Danico Autry, and that 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 front line, man, they've played so well and. You know, David Long has made some really key interceptions at the second level of their defense. I mean, look at the Commanders game. Carson Wentz, that final drive, they walked down into the low red zone. And to end the game, 
David Long picks him off. If he doesn't pick him off and if that ball gets to the receiver, they lose that game, Chris. So this defense, man, has really, really stepped up and, and played not just good coverage, but just good pass rush. They played well against the run as well. Any pause to the idea that they got to play the Colts twice, the Commanders, and the Raiders as part of this four-game winning streak? Is there any part of the yes. schedule? Okay, so the answer to that is yes. You, yes. That, you're going to add some context to it of, yes, they've rattled Absolutely. four in a row, but let's look at who they've played. Yeah, no, the, the, I think the combined winning record of those teams that they've defeated uh, was 8-11-1. So there's not a winning record, and they have a tie, and that's because of the Colts. They beat the Colts twice, right? So, um, I, you know, looking at their schedule, man, I mean – It'll get a little tougher, you know. They have some, some, some. <laughs> they have some matchups, Chris. So I'm interested to see how things go with them. But yeah, it context for sure. They're four and two, but they have not beaten any good teams as of yet. Well, let's try to let's try to contextualize this here, and that's the point of the show today. Because I think you look at the the Tennessee Titans. They've regained first place in the AFC South. They've kind of righted the ship. We we flirted with the idea of the Jags potentially winning the division with their start, and are the Colts going to maybe fumble their way into being the the top team in that division? They're making a change at quarterback. Uh, so now Tennessee has kind of, I think, taken hold of this uh, this division. And I think from a stability perspective, you trust them over the other teams, right? You have the mm-hmm. Colts just making a quarterback change. You have the Jags in year one of Doug Peterson, year two of Trevor Lawrence. They're still trying to figure some things out. I think I look at the stability of we've got the same coach. We've got the same quarterback. We've got the same really good running back. There's a lot of stability about the Tennessee yes. Titans that, yes, the schedule is about to get harder. But if I'm going to bet on a team right now in the AFC South, I'm going to bet on the stability of the three things I just mentioned. No, 100%. Like you said, I mean, the Colts are now going to be starting Sam Ellinger, and I believe, I don't believe this is a short term benching. I read that this is a for the rest of the season type of deal uh, over Matt Ryan. And, like you said, Jacksonville's trying to figure themselves out and find their way and find consistency to wins and winning close games. And that's typically what young bad teams do. They lose close games until they learn how to win them, right? So, no, honey, you, you, you make a great point. The Tennessee Titans have all the stability. They have everything they need to be the most consistent team in this division. Even if they do lose to the good teams on their schedule that's coming down the pipeline, they can still win this division, and I think fairly easily. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. It's certainly trending in that direction. Okay, let's get into some of the specifics here on this team, uh, DP. Let's talk about the offense because I, I look at the last four games, 24, 24, 21, 19. Those are the points that we're scoring, and I'm not surprised that it might be a struggle to score points. A.J. Brown's not here anymore. Traylon Burks is hurt. So it, it's, we've still got Ryan Tannehill. So there are limitations to what we can do offensively. So how are they getting it done? Again, they're not throwing up a ton of points. They're not scoring a lot of points. But how are they getting it done offensively where they're able to do just enough? They're 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 leaning on that big that big boy in the backfield, man. They're leaning on Derrick Henry, Chris, and they're being physical. They're 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 muddying up the game, right? Time and possession, you know, longer drives, keep the defense on the field, their opposing defense on the field, keep their defense off the field, the quick passing game, uh, just for some, you know, run after catch opportunities. They're not they're not getting the ball downfield. And as you mentioned, not having the, the weapons to do so, and then having Ronnie Tanner, Tanner who's not that's not been a big part of his game either. They're playing in the condensed box, and it's just hard. Defenses have not figured out just yet 
how to stop the run game because uh, it, it's that's what's the driving force for this offense, and it has been for a couple years, but it's just different now with them not having a dude at the receiver position as they've had with A.J. Brown where they can say, you know what, I got one-on-one, I can hit that slant, he can take it 80. Here's the impact here that not having a full-fledged passing game will do for you. The Tennessee Titans at 4-2, and two, leaders of the AFC South, have the second-fewest yards per game in the National Football League. The only team they're better on offense in terms of yards per game are the Carolina Panthers. That is total yards wow. per game. That's where Tennessee finds themselves. Uh, in terms of passing, 165.5 yards per game passing. Only better than these three teams, the Giants, the Falcons, and the Bears. That's not the kind of company that you want to be keeping. And so, and I'll just just so we're clear, I'll also talk about the running game uh, for them. They rank a little bit better in that regard. That shouldn't surprise you all that much because they're able to run the football. 108.7 yards per game puts them middle of the pack. So, DP, I ask you this question. We look at these statistics, and I, I know you didn't have them handy, and I only just pulled them up now, but we're the second worst team in yards per game on the ground uh, uh, offensively in terms of putting mm-hmm. yardage. We are only better than the Daniel Jones-led Giants, the Marcus Mariota-led Falcons, and the Justin Fields-led Bears in terms of passing offense. Where do we turn this around? Is there a way? Is there a path to, hey, let's open things up a little bit. We can get the passing game more involved because I don't see, and maybe this will be the next question I ask, but I don't see if they don't turn that part of their their, their team around, I don't know how far this team is going to be able to go. No, 100%. I, it, trying to build a path for them, the way that they're playing offense – how do you fix it? And it's like, <laughs> trade for A.J. Brown back. But um, go, go get him back, and that would probably help a lot. But I think getting tra- like Traylon Burks, getting him healthy. But even then, you have to have a plan when he returns. How are you going to get him the football and make it advantageous for him to win and, and try to generate big plays with him? You got Chigo Okwankwo, uh, the, the explosive tight end who's a rookie, right? He's he's playing more run snaps than he is passing snaps. So it's like get him involved because we know the tight ends are the biggest mismatch on the field for offenses. But to your point, Chris, if they don't figure this out, no, it's not sustainable. Like you you can't like cause the like I said earlier, the defense, not only are they getting interceptions when it matters, they're forcing fumbles, they they're giving them short fields, especially against the Colts. Jesus Christ. Like, you know, Jeff you know, Simmons has had big Q's number all season, Quentin Nelson, and, and the pressure they were putting on Matt Ryan, and he had, I think, 11 fumbles. Uh, I think he leads the NFL with 11 fumbles himself. So they were getting shorter fields where they can work, and and they don't have to drive the, the full length of the field every every drive. But, again, you're putting a lot on your defense to to replicate that every game, and it's just not sustainable. I think when we talk about this, DP, let's let's look at it from this perspective. You want to be able to win in the postseason. You want to be able to surprise some people in the postseason, and maybe you're not the most talented group. There are three things you got to do really well. You got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to play good defense, and you got to have good special teams. Those are the three things. Those are the things that travel well when you go on the road. Those are things that are the most consistent. Those are the three things that are the recipe for 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 an upset in the National Football League. Always has been. Always will be. And we just talked about how Tennessee's offense is built and 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 
structured around running the football with Derrick Henry, but they're middle of the road in running. It's not as if they're a top three offense running the football. They're a middle of the road rushing team. They're a bottom of the league passing team. They have a middle of the road offense. And defensively, they're giving up almost 400 yards a game. So they're finding Mm -hmm. ways to win games. They're not necessarily overpowering you with defense. And so we'll talk about some of the specifics here in a second. But to me, DP, as I sit here and I look at a four and two team, I look at a team that I think stability wise, yep, they're, they're the team I'm hitching my wagon to if I had to make a prediction for the AFC South. But we got the Chiefs on the schedule. We got the Bengals on the schedule we got to go to Philadelphia we got to play the Cowboys we got to play the Chargers just some of the games that they have remaining on their schedule I don't think the recipe and the brand that they're playing football right now unless they take a massive step forward in the way that they run the football this team feels like they have an expiration date on what they can be this season no 100 and the the team 100% Chris and the teams that you listed right what what has plagued them every time the, the Titans have gotten to the to the playoffs They've played quarterbacks that can put points on the board and do it early, and because that, that's how you that's how you take Derrick Henry or any dominant run game, unless it's like a, a Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray who are who's a running force themselves. They always touch the football, so they can always run the ball whenever that whenever that comes about. But to take Derrick Henry out of the game, you put up points early, right? You go up 14-0 in the first quarter. Let's see if you can stay consistent and stay, um, you know, not be so predictable. Are, are, are you going to be – are you going to say, no, you know what, I'm going to drop back 35 times the rest of this game and let, put it in Tannehill's hands. You don't have the receiving core to do so. So it's like, man, they have to figure some things out. I don't know if they maybe they go for a trade. They look at, you know, some, some, some other uh, pieces out there and, and give up uh, draft capital. But – Chris, they have to figure something out because, like you said, getting into the meat and potatoes of this second half of that schedule with some high-octane offenses, this this style of football is not going to do it. Right now, they would play the Miami Dolphins in the first round of the playoffs. Is anybody picking the Tennessee Titans to win that game over the Miami Dolphins? Because I'm Absolutely saying. not. And, and to emphasize this point even further, here are the passing attempts by game for Ryan Tannehill starting all the way back on week one against the Giants. And remember, they lose the first two of these. 33, mm-hmm. 20, 27, 21, 25, 20. And so when the game script gets out of hand, to your point, DP, and we're asking Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball more than 30 times, he's only done it once this season. They lost that game. It was a close game. The game script wasn't out of hand in that one. To me, the game script gets sideways. I'm asking Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball more. That's rough. That I think that's a recipe for disaster. Now, listen, we're not going to be all doom and gloom, but let's talk about the positives. They're 4-2. They're playing really well. Let's talk about this defense because it's the big reason why they've been able to win all these football games. And specifically, maybe perhaps a rookie that they drafted in the second round who's playing corner for them is a big reason why they've been playing so well defensively. No, 100%. Like Roger McCreary, man, he, he's played inside and out. He, everything he did on 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 film. And, you know, us here at TDN, you know, you know our motto, check the tape, watch it, trust it, right? And, and every all the traits, the the IQ, the, the, the toughness, the stickiness and coverage, being attached to guys like glue, he's still doing that, Chris. And, and, and it's crazy to think about because they drafted last year Caleb Farley, who, while McCreary didn't, uh, meet the ideal, you know, height, arm length requirements. Oh, Caleb Farley did. He met, he met every threshold, but the injuries, and I feel like it's taken, it's taken a toll on him from a mental standpoint that this young man's been playing with no confidence and he hasn't been in since the Washington game, I think right before the bye. So man, like it's, it's Roger McCreary's come in as a rookie 
and, and he's took taking the bull by the horns, and he's playing very good football. You know, like even when he has given up passes, it's typically in the shorter variety. He's not giving up anything deep, and, and which you would expect because he's not the best athlete. Chris, he's not a four three guy, but he doesn't get beat deep much at all. And like I said, just you know, when you turn on the tape and see him in coverage, man, he's impressive. Yeah, this defense again. We we said it. It's one of the large reasons why they've been able to to be so successful. And listen, DP. Let's. I mean, let's go over this draft hall a, as a whole. I mean, Traylon Burks has been hurt. It's, it's a tough evaluation. Roger McCree was their second round pick. Nicholas Petit Friere, their third round pick, starting for them, playing a major mm-hmm. role for them. And so, listen, when you get that early investment and those guys pan out for you, and they're able to be large parts of why you're successful. That's that's how you create some sustainability beyond just one season. And so that's my big takeaway here. I, I want to get your thoughts on one more thing. And I think mm-hmm. I know the answer based on the conversation that we just had. Joe Marino, latest mock draft for TDN. He he mocked for the Tennessee Titans at number 24, Jackson Smith and Jibgo, wide receiver at Ohio State. And I think after all the conversation we had of, hey, we got to be able to pass the ball more. Hey, we got to have more. Uh, more wide receivers. I think you're going to give me the uh, DP seal of approval as the guy who's got the Tennessee Titans in his backyard and who has to scout them. But give me your thoughts on this pick. Do you think it's a good one for the Tennessee Titans? And is this is this thought process of hey, we got to get some skill players in here, the right one for the Tennessee Titans? Hundred percent. I I love the pick, adding him to Traylon Burks, and eventually, which I think you know, depending on how the season ends. We could see uh, our 2022 QB1 Malik Willis uh, begin to be the starting quarterback uh, for their future. Um, you know, that would be tremendous. I feel I, I love the pick and I love it from the simple fact of you got to change, right? You have to change with the times. And I understand, yes, defensive fronts are smaller and every they're not as physical as they were 10, 15 years ago. So, yes, running the football absolutely works. But you need to have as many weapons at the receiver position as possible. And I love meshing Traylon Burks and his versatility and his explosiveness, especially after the catch, with a route runner, a guy that can separate and win early, right? Um, you know, as in JSN, and maybe they keep Robert Woods and and have Kyle Phillips come back healthy as well. You you could see yourself where it's like, you know, we maybe living in some 11 personnel. And that's where, for me, I, I say, hey, let's go with Malik Willis because you could do some things with him. You can start to get really excited, and hey, listen, you, you always look at what's in front of you. You always look at the year at hand, and I think if you're a Titans fan, you're 4-2. There's a lot to be excited about. You're playing good football. You've won four in a row. You're you're more than likely the favorite in your own division. But me, with what we do here, and it's not a team that I support, so I'm able to take that 30,000-foot <laughs> view, you can start to get really excited at the idea of next year potentially having Malik Willis at quarterback, Derrick Henry in the backfield, Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, maybe we draft a wide receiver in the first round, and now you think of how many more options that gives you as an offense. And like you talked about, maybe we could start running some more 11 personnel. You could start to get really excited. You pair that kind of explosive playmaking type of offense with that defense. Oh, now now we're cooking in the AFC. Now we're going to be able to keep up with the big boys and score some points. You can start to think about that and get really excited about it. But hey, not taking anything away from the 4-2 and Tennessee Titans. They've won four in a row. They're playing a brand of football that I think they can play the remainder of the season. Does it mean long-term success? I don't know. They're probably going to have to make some tweaks along the road, and I don't know if it means multiple playoff victories, but hey, that's why they play the games on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. we got to play these games out. DP, always appreciate you hanging out and giving me a few minutes talking about the Tennessee Titans, and we'll see how they play out the rest of the way. Sure. Oh, and one more thing. Let's make sure we keep an eye on this Thursday night football game tonight between the Ravens and the Buccaneers. 
Two teams that are not playing their best ball right now. The Baltimore Ravens seemingly keeping every game close in the fourth quarter and not being able to finish out wins. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well, doing whatever the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done the last couple of weeks. Both of these teams looking for a get-right performance to get their seasons back on track the way they want them to be going throughout the remainder of the season. So the question is, which team is going to be able to get right the quickest? Because I think the answer to that question tells me who's going to win this football game and be able to turn their season around before it's too late. That's going to do it for the Thursday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Appreciate Bet Online for their continued support of the show. Hope everybody enjoys Thursday Night Football tonight. I'll talk to everybody on Friday.